Got one of those from my dad this morning. Joe Vitrano texting in 509. Ooh, comes up my phone here in the studio. Dad, 509. I'm like, is he usually up that early? Yeah, I th- uh, maybe. Okay. Eesh. <laughs> Texting me just to complain about the Brewers. He was at the game <laughs> yesterday. He's real bent out of shape. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. Coming up on 713, Milwaukee Art Museum finally bringing back one of its most popular attractions. Welcome news to a lot of folks. The Lakefront Festival of Art set to return in June. The popular name is Lakefront Festival of, of the Arts. That's not what it is. <laughs> it's like that old debate over whether South Shore Frolics was Frolics or Frolic. Ah, uh, yes. Driver's license, driver license. Yes. Still don't know which one is right for the Frolics. Because all the South Siders, my parents grew up on the South Side, they call it the Frolics, even though I think officially it was the South Shore Frolic. Either way, you're frolicking. <laughs> and either way, it's done now. They don't do it anymore. So <laughs> I clearly digress. No. But the Lakefront Festival of Art is a popular event put on just outside the Art Museum. They canceled in 2020 due to COVID. 2021, it was, you know, the vaccine was just coming around, hard to book things out. Don't know why they couldn't get it together for 22, but nonetheless, the festival that was founded back in the early 1960s is set to return to the art museum grounds. They do it right there in the shadow of the Calatrava on that nicely paved surface where they've got a really high quality tent for all of the 120 some artists who will be displaying their work. And I bring it up as well because when I was a kid, my mom was a cross stitcher and a quilter. And so she would do, gosh, I spent a lot of childhood days at art shows where she was in a park somewhere doing showing things. off her right. her merch yes Excellent. and so we would go to visit this every year and every year it rained <laughs> oh, man. every year it rained and they used to hold it just north of the like the war memorial center the art museum there on sort of a grassy surface and it would rain and it would turn to mud instantly and then they bring in like the hay like they used to at the old main yeah, stage at course. Summerfest yep, as yep. well try to suck up some of that yep and it never did and it just so now they have this beautiful space outside the Calatrava where, yes, it still rains every year, <laughs> except for like one. I told you I covered that. It was so significant that it didn't rain this one year when they had this. When I was working for TMJ4, I went out there and did a story on it. About how it was dry out? Yes, and people were overjoyed because it's a really fantastic event. So hoping for good weather. It is Friday, Saturday, Sunday, June 16th through the 18th, mam.org for more information. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. The Milwaukee Brewers lose in ugly fashion on Sunday afternoon to the Boston Red Sox by a final of 12-5. to The Brewers boat race. <laughs> was a boat race indeed. The Brewers and their bullpen surrender nine runs. Yes, nine in the eighth inning as Matt Bush took the loss. His first of the season. The Brewers will look to bounce back tonight as they welcome in Detroit for a three-game series. Colin Ray is expected to be on the mound for the Brew Crew with the first pitch set for 640. Programming alert here for you Brewers fans. You can tune into full coverage over on 94.5 ESPN Milwaukee. Again, 94.5 ESPN Milwaukee beginning at 6 p.m. And over to the NBA where the Milwaukee Bucks will look to even things up down in Miami after dropping Game 3 on Saturday night as they prepare for Game 4 and what is being labeled as a must-win for the Deer. You want to avoid that 3-1 hole. Giannis, who is dealing with a back contusion, he has been listed as questionable 
for tonight's game, whether he plays or not. Coach Bud trusts his team no matter who is out on the floor. Well, we've got a really good team. You know, this group's been together. Um, you know, there's a ton of confidence in that locker room. Um, players that, you know, can play and execute at a high level. Um, you know, it's one game today. We, uh, you know, we weren't our best, and we got to look at that. we got to own that and be better going into the next game and know that we've got a really good team and really good players. Please, Coach Bud, for my health and many others, be better tonight. Game four will tip off at <laughs> 6.30. That network pregame coverage will begin at 6 p.m. right here on WTMJ, your home of the Milwaukee Bucks. We're going to get some more thoughts from our U.S. Army vet, Brandon Snide, who went on an honor flight as a volunteer this weekend. Some emotional stories to share with you next on Wisconsin's Morning News. doing these for a number of years now, the Stars and Stripes Honor Flight, which takes war veterans from a number of different conflicts over the years to Washington, D.C., and gives them an opportunity to be together and to experience the memorials there for their respective conflicts in D.C. And our U.S. Army veteran, Brandon Snide, volunteered first first uh, honor flight for you, right? First one. Yeah, it was the first one. It was a special one, Mission Number 67 for the Stars and Stripes Honor Flight uh, from Milwaukee to Washington, D.C. The 9,000th veteran crossed the gates with them, which is just remarkable when you really sit back and think about it. We had 118 Vietnam veterans on the flight, 34 Korean War veterans, and five World War II veterans, which was very special. Now, a lot of folks uh, prior to going kind of asked me, you know, what does honor flight do? What is it about? You know, they see the veterans wearing the hats on the flight. They kind of have an idea of what it is. Uh, but they weren't sure exactly what it was. And, and Karen Rokley, the president of there kind of uh, gave a, a great summary of exactly what they do. So honor flight uh, was developed as a way to get our oldest veterans to their memorial, um, with the support that they need. Often our oldest veterans aren't either physically or financially in a position to see their memorials and really gain the closure that they need toward the end of their lives. And in particular, our vets who as they who saw combat, uh, rough combat, as they retire, um, those memories seem to come back. And so the, uh, the last third of their lives is a great time to, um, to really kind of put that to rest, to, um, to revisit those memories in a positive way if possible, and to really have some closure um, on, that, on that part of their lives. And going back to her last comments there, uh, Vinny and Eric, for closure, it was, you know, you can prepare as much as you want. You can mentally say, I know it's going to be tough. It's going to be strong. You know, you're going to see things that, you know, guys struggle, uh, veterans struggle with, with the memories. You can't prepare enough for it. Like, there's no preparing for it. And we had a moment at the Vietnam wall, uh, wall with a, a Vietnam veteran, Harry Brill, who served in Vietnam. You're going to hear his words in a minute. And I kind of, me and him were standing next to each other. Uh, it, I took a step back because I could see the moment coming um, when you just you go to the wall and there's millions and thousands of names on the wall. And for him, you know, it was a moment of, of closure, a moment of remembrance, uh, and a moment where he had to take in, you know, exactly what he went through in his time in Vietnam. I got chosen to go in the Army by the lottery and drafted 
so I just thought I'd make the best of it. Seeing these monuments and the people that I was with during when I was in Vietnam and stuff, it just moves me a different way. I get really emotional about stuff like this, and I have a couple times. And then seeing the people, like, now congratulating us and hoping, you know, saying thanks for coming back and everything like this. And it's the first time I came back, we weren't wanted here. We were not uh, accepted, like, so now everybody seems to know that we did something over there for them. A welcoming home for, for so many of them that, that really never received it, and you can't put words on it. Words will never do it justice. You'll never be able to listen to me talk behind this microphone and tell you what it meant for me and for so many others. You have to go experience it, and if you have the opportunity, if you have, you know, the ability to, I can't recommend it enough. Uh, the crew out there for for the Stars and Stripes Honor Flight are, are remarkable. If you can, if you can make that five hundred dollar donation and be a part uh, of that of that incredible experience, that it's a trip of a lifetime. It changed my life. It really did. It's a humbling moment that you just. There's nothing else you can really say about it. You take and you mentioned so there's a way that people can help now uh, through Sendix. There is, yes. Starting on May 1st, uh, Sendix, there will be starting a three-month in-store donation program for the Stars and Stripes Honor Flight. Of course, you can always make donations, and there's plenty of info at starsandstripeshonorflight.org. And they have five more flights scheduled this year, so there's still plenty of opportunities. May 20th, June 17th, and then three dates in the fall they have yet to uh, be determined, but they're going to be coming up in the fall. It's, a, I mean, Washington in, in the spring, in the fall, beautiful. And obviously the opportunity to tag along with, with America's heroes uh, is you can't put a price on it. Glad you were there. Thank you for Thank you. sharing that with all of us this morning, Brandon. Seven forty-two on Wisconsin's morning news. I told you our parents are of the age when, and I suppose probably any time you get a text early in the morning from mom or dad, right? When you're in adulthood, ooh, I don't like that. Five oh nine a.m. text comes through. That no, I don't like that at right? all. Right, immediate That's heart good. skips a yep. beat. What's yep. wrong? What's wrong? Is everything okay? Yes. Got one of those from my dad this morning. Joe Vitrano texting in five oh nine. Ooh. Comes up my phone here in the studio. Dad, 509. I'm like, Eesh. is he usually up that early? Yeah, I th- uh, Maybe. Okay. Eesh. <laughs> Texted me just to complain about the Brewers. He was at the game <laughs> yesterday. He's real bent out of shape. Watch the Sox drop a nine burger on the bullpen. <laughs> Thank you, Dad. <laughs> well, he's not, been he's not wrong. Barrel roll. Morning. Yeah, that was a barrel roll. It was looking good for a while. We've got Brewers broadcaster Sophia Minnert to chime in on all of that coming up next in Brewers 360. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. After dropping two out of three games to the Boston Red Sox, including a 12-5 loss on Sunday, the Milwaukee Brewers will look to bounce back tonight as the Detroit Tigers are set to visit the Brew City. Colin Ray is expected to be on the mound for the Brew Crew with first pitch set for 640. You can tune into full coverage over on 94.5 ESPN Milwaukee beginning tonight at 6 p.m. And that's because the Bucks got game four right here on WTMJ. Brewers 360 sponsored by Outdoor Living Unlimited. And Brewers broadcaster Sophia Minnert is back home here enjoying the homestand, and she is our guest on Wisconsin's Morning News. 
Man, I don't really want to talk about yesterday so much, so let's talk about that very successful West Coast road trip. Got to be good to be home, Sophia. Yeah, it is. It's, you know, it's kind of funny how the schedule works of just, you know, you start with your, your longest road trip of the year, and then we come back, and now I believe this is our longest homestand of the year. So um, it's good to be good to be home for sure, um, get nine games here at home. It's just kind of good for everyone to settle in and, and hopefully keep some good momentum going. But what happened to the home cooking? we got American League teams coming in here. been a long <laughs> time since we've seen the Red Sox in town. They've barely ever been at American Family Field. And just, yeah, I mean, look, that that, things like that can happen. Um, You know, what happened yesterday was really just one bad inning. Um, The bullpen has been so good um, through these first 20 games. And I think that area came in with a lot of question marks just because there was a lot of, you know, unfamiliarity with, with new faces and, you know, players that really had to earn their spots in the bullpen. We know that that area can be probably the area with the most turnover. Um, but, you know, with with the one inning aside from yesterday, they've they've really done an exceptional job. Sophia, with all these injuries that are piling up, and it's it's been unfortunate, really, for a team that started off really, really well, and I guess they're still they're still doing pretty good. You know, Brandon Woodruff, Garrett Mitchell. What's the vibe in the in the clubhouse? Are, are guys staying positive? Are we are we bouncing back? Trying to you know, <laughs> bad news after bad news. It feels like as far as, as the injury front. What's the uh, what's the vibe in the, in the clubhouse going? Yeah, no, it's been it's been very very positive, um, and I think we all felt that it was different going back to spring training. Um, I think everyone had time to just sort of, you know, regroup after a, a really challenging season last year, and I think they came in with with the intention of of keeping things really positive and having fun and enjoying the time with each other. Um, I think you know the the young players. I think it's now been. I think four players now that have already made their major league debuts this season. Um, and so when you have that kind of energy and that kind of excitement, it does rub off on everybody else, which I think has been a really good effect on the team overall, but they've absolutely been tested with the injuries. Um, they all know like you can't control when these things happen. So it really is just like, okay, like, you hope that, you know, Colin Ray, for example, um, who's getting the start tonight, he's been filling in for Brandon Woodruff. You just like, you're like, all right, you're, you're the guy now, you know, like we hope that you come up, you do your job well, and, and that you're able to contribute and help the team win. Brewers broadcaster Sophia Minard, our guest on Brewers 360. So you had another guy, another new guy getting the uh, Gatorade bath while you're interviewing him, or at least close to it. <laughs> Can you see out of the corner of your eye, Sophia, when these guys are coming with the Gatorade bucket? Uh, 99% of the time. Yes. <laughs> okay, I'm always, so you can prepare. Yes, not, I try. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I, it, basically the key to it is keep an eye on Willie Adamas. Um, <laughs> but the, the wrinkle, the wrinkle for this year is that Jesse Winker has now joined Willie Adamas in this production. So it's two players you have to keep an eye on. And I mean, look, it's, I'm never going to like rain on anyone's parade here. Like when they're doing that, it means something great has happened. Someone, you know, it's it's a big day. Like you know, the other day was Blake Perkins getting his first career start. So um, those are really fun moments. Like I'm not here to ruin that for them. So um, I'm, you know, that just means good things have happened. No, you're not. But you ain't trying to get wet either. <laughs> you can't tip your hand, I suppose, <laughs> no. too, though, right? That's you, right. You have to pretend like it's not happening, right? You you don't want to you want to yeah, let them know. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. And that's, and with Blake, it was kind of funny because he, you know, he knew it was coming. Um, so it was a little bit harder to, to play that one off of him, but, um, it's been a really good group overall. And, and honestly, they've had a lot of really cool things to celebrate so far. So hopefully they can get more of those moments. Seems like a great clubhouse Detroit in town tonight. Thanks, Sophia. All right. Thanks guys. Have a great day. Mark Tauscher joins us next on Wisconsin's morning news. Idea Man. The deal, I believe, is almost already done. Innovative. Aaron Rodgers wants to go to New York. Green Bay does not want him. And Packers Hall of Famer. So I'm going to go right now that before Friday's appearance on this show, the Aaron Rodgers deal will be done. It's time for Tausch on Wisconsin's Morning News. Presented by your Wisconsin Chevy dealers. Mark Tauscher on Wisconsin's Morning News is sponsored by your southeastern Wisconsin Chevy dealers. Tausch, you've umpired before, right? I have, yes. I have. Have you, Eric? Uh, only action? for, like, volunteer for, like, T-ball and stuff like that. I mean, that. I did when I was in college, and you it was, like, at? seventh and eighth graders. <laughs> I did not get yelled at. However, one time, Tausch, you know how this would happen where the parent would do the umping, but then occasionally some, like, seven- or eight-year-old older brother or a 10-year-old older brother would do some of the umping for you just because they just want to have some fun. So I'm watching 5-year-old T-ball, 10 or 11-year-old older brother, I didn't know the kid, started doing the umping, got a play wrong. He stood in front of like home plate and, and blocked a kid from being able to score on inadvertently. <laughs> Grandpa in the stands <laughs> loses his mind. Lit him up. And that poor kid, he was smiling the whole time, and after that, he was never the same. <laughs> Some grandpa in the stands is blowing him up for blocking home plate. I was injected as an yeah, you have to, <laughs> Yeah, you have to be careful of what age you throw these kids out there because uh, we all know there's an umpire shortage. We all know that uh, at certain levels, coaches and fans are jerk stores to – you know, 13 and 14 year old kids, but you throw a 10 year old out there, hey, they got all this glee and all this uh, youthful enthusiasm, and then something like that happens and it scars them for life. So right. uh, that's, uh, it, it's always intriguing to see. Make sure, because my, my kid is 12 and he is chomping to get out there and up because, like I'm sure a lot of us with kids that are at that age, they think they know better. And they mm-hmm. probably yeah, feel that way until they have a coach screaming at them, and then they go into a shell and say, why would anybody want to do this? And that's <laughs> why, how you end up with an up shortage. So fascinating little league story out of New Jersey where there's this tiny little league there, and here's how they've decided they're going to prevent the issue from happening. Mm-hmm. If you are caught yelling at an umpire in this little league, you are banned from seeing games, and the only way you can come back is if you ump three games yourself. <laughs> Love Put it. on the mask and the chest protector awesome? and get behind the plate. Hey, not one game, three games. Nope. All right, sir, you want so, to come back, then put on the mask. I have a few questions. Uh, so if you ask questions but you're not yelling at the ump, <laughs> does that still constitute the the get back out there and three-game suspension? I have to admit uh, – it has been an issue. I've seen this in a lot of different, uh, you know, going around. We do a ton of baseballs getting started now, even though the weather's not really coming with us. But this is the best way to do it because the way, you know, you can yell at back at a parent, you can do this, but the thing that you are going to punish them the most is you have to drop their kid and then not be able to stay and watch. Uh, I think 
that would punish. And then to get them out there, forced volunteerism to understand what those people are going through, I think it's a genius plan, and I am all for implementation of it. I do think you, uh, to your earlier question, though, you got to have a little bit of room. I mean, you can rip you, for sure, right? You got to say once in a while, bang, bang, play. Come on, Bob, go up, check yeah. the bat, blue. I think it depends on. on the age of the umpire. <laughs> you got to be able to say something. I just mean like you can't ride a guy. Blue is twelve years well, old. And you know what? Hey, <laughs> come on, blue. umps get things wrong too. Yeah, right. And the, I don't think they mind if you say, you know, if you ask questions and you have those discussions. What's ridiculous is when you're constantly berating. You could, you know, you can, I think, push an envelope a little bit without being, you know, hostile and a total jerk store. But when you're screaming and yelling constantly, uh, it will wear any of us out. And I think these umps already feel it. And they're typically younger kids. And if you have adults yelling at them, I think this plan, while. Yeah, you have to tweak it, and you probably have to make sure that there's not a ton of gray area because you start adding gray area into this, you're going to end up with you know drumming everybody, and you're going to end up having 500 umps, and none of them are going to want to be there, and then you got a whole other mess to deal with. But the fact that you can force people into taking it in and actually going through that process to be an up, I think would be it's revealing. absolutely genius to help on a lot of fronts. And you'll realize why when I was in college, jumping seventh and eighth graders. Yeah, if I'm on the infield on the steal play, if the ball was there, I didn't bother calling whether he made the tag. Because every time, Tausch, you know what I'm talking about. If the throw goes down and the ball's there in time, but the kid doesn't apply the tag, I'm right there. He never put on the tag. I was so tired of hearing it from the parents. Fine, you're out. <laughs> He's them out every we time. We missed the tag. They're out. I don't care. <laughs> tired of I hearing can it. see you Take having it up uh, with your parents. I would have thought that you'd have a very long fuse. You'd be. You know, with the career professions that you've chosen, you listen to both sides. You t- you kind of take things in, but it sounds like an umping. You're out. No, you're gone. That's right. Got it. Hey, listen. There's this is not a deliberative process. The call's the call. Done. Yeah, decisiveness. Yes. As a coach, all we want, even if you're wrong, just be decisive Own about it. it. Yeah. And if you do that, you'll get yelled at, but at least you'll feel better about it. All right. We'll talk again tomorrow, Tosh. Thanks, my friend.